Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book, Cad, Chapter 10. Cad couldn't wait to see the face of the person that Hector McLennan had just threatened. He stepped into the doorway and saw Jamie Greer. Both McLennan and Jamie snapped toward Cad and Bree. Jamie's eyes were wide, and she appeared to be shaken. Not McLennan, though. He just cursed. It was rip raw and aimed at Cad and Bree, especially Bree. The venomous look the man gave her made Cad want to punch his lights out. Great! No objectivity left, and while punching Mick Clendenin might make him feel a little better, it wouldn't do anything to help their investigation. Age drop pain, Mick Clendenin ball. Fake house, Cad shrugged. If you want your death threats to be more private, maybe you shouldn't be doing them in a sheriff's office. Hey, post it to death threats. It was a warning. Sounded like a death threat to me. Bree spoke up. Cad waited, gauging Jamie's reaction, but the woman didn't have much of one other than the obvious fear. Did Deputy Garza, did Deputy Garza's way to interview me? Jamie said. She stepped around the three of them and headed up the hall. Deputy Melissa Garza, known as Mel, would no doubt fill in Cad later if Jamie volunteered more than the threat. And your brother is waiting to interview me. McClendon didn't inform them. Bree blocked the man's path when she started when he started out of the room. Just to let you know, your intimidation tactics won't work. I'm testifying against Anthony and Jamie, and I'll testify against you too. The second the second the second charges are filed, and they will be filed. Really? <laughs> McClendon stayed calm and cool. You testify against me? You think a jury will listen to a woman who has gaps the size of Texas in her memory? Bree looked ready to demand how he knew about her memory issues, but she stepped back. The man was on a fishing expedition, probably, and Cad didn't want Bree to provide him with anything that he could, he could in turn feed to his team of attorneys. Well, McClin, well, McClendenin couldn't have known about the memory gaps unless Coop had told him. But Cad had enough on his plate without looking for another angle on this. And the biggest thing on his plate came walking up the hall toward him. Hector McClendon's son, Anthony. He spared his father a glance. The two didn't speak. The senior McClendon walked off and disappeared into one of the interview rooms, where his attorneys and Mason were no doubt waiting for him. I told you that Cape would try to silence you, Anthony said to Bree the moment they were alone. Cad didn't respond, but he did step into the interview room across the hall, and he motioned for Anthony and Bree to join him. Once they were inside, Cad made a show of hitting the record button on the camera that was mounted in the corner. Anthony's eyes narrowed first at the camera, then at Bree. I stand by what I said, Anthony insisted. He sank down in one of the chairs. Bree leaned against the wall. But he... But yet, you didn't bring the witness who could corroborate your allegation. His eyes narrowed even more. The witness wasn't available in such short time, short notice. Tomorrow. Cad wouldn't hold his breath. He took the chair across the table from Anthony, rolled around, and sat with the chair back facing Anthony. Today, we'll talk about Tim Kirk. Cad started. Oh, and for the record, you do know you have the right right to remain silent and have the right to have an attorney present. You're reading me my rights. Well, I already know them. He paused only to draw breath. You planning to take me back into custody, Agent Rowland? Because I have to tell you that I'll press to have your badge removed for an illegal detainment. Won't be illegal if I have a case. Cad tossed back. 
Tim Cook. Tim Kirk, Bree prompted. She moved closer, propped her hip on the edge of the table, and put her best law enforcement face. He tried to kill us earlier. Anthony couldn't have looked more disinterested. So... So guess who was the last person Kirk called before the attempted murder of two federal agents, a deputy sheriff, multiple civilians, and a seven-week-old baby? Now Anthony was interested in those once narrow eyes. He didn't call me. He cadded on it. Yeah, he did. And unlike your mystery witness, I have real proof of it. I have Kirk's cell phone. Well, I don't have mine. It went missing yesterday. Anthony stopped and ran. I thought I lost it, but it's obvious someone stole it so they could set me up. Cat huffed. Of course the man would come up with something. Who would do that to you? Cad pressed, and he would be bet his next paycheck that Coop's name was going to roll off Anthony's tongue. But it's a bet he would have lost. My father, Anthony answered. Brief flexed right about him. Why would he do that? To make me look guilty, of course, don't you see? He's desperate, especially since his overpriced lawyers haven't been able to stop the investigation. Now that you're back in the picture, he's got to be thinking he's just days away from being arrested on something more serious than misdemeanors. Rue and Cat exchanged glances, and she was probably thinking about the encounter they just overheard between Micklin, Denon, and Jamie. Anthony was right about one thing. His father was indeed desperate. You have any proof that your father stole your phone? Cat asked. Anthony shook his head. But he had the opportunity because he came to see me last night. He could have taken it when I stepped out of the room to take a call on my house, on my house phone. Bree stared at the man, probably trying to determine if everything coming out of his mouth was a pack of lies or the truth that made his father look very guilty. Why did, why did he visit you? Bree questioned. Probably to steal my phone, Anthony practically yelled, but he settled down almost immediately. He said he was worried about you, that the person who kidnapped you probably wasn't done, that he or she would want you dead because you might remember something that would get the persons arrested. Persons, Bree corrected. Two people held me captive, and I think one of them was Tim Kirk. He's linked to you with that phone call. Keep digging. He's linked to my father, too, because dear, dear old dad was the one who hired Kirk to work at the clinic security. He added with a smirk. The man was as dirty as they came, and my father hired him. That may be, but it still didn't mean Mickle didn't had paid Kirk to kidnap Bree or to try to kill her. Go ahead. Access my cell phone records, Anthony insisted. Maybe you'll be able to see that the phone wasn't at my house. I'll tell you, my father stole it. Cad wasn't sure he could get that kind of info from the records, but he'll try. After all, he was pretty sure McClendon was a criminal for the things that had gone on in the clinic, and it wasn't much of a stretch for the man to try to blame on someone to put the blame on someone else, including his own son. Anthony said, I think I should consult my lawyer now, because it's clear I'm not making any headway with you two. Believe what you will, but watch your backs when you're around my father or any of his cronies. That includes Agent Cooper. Cat considered stopping Anthony, maybe putting him in lockup for a few hours until his lawyer could arrive, but that wouldn't accomplish much other than to give Cad some satisfaction that someone was paid for what happened to Bree. The problem was, he wasn't sure Anthony was the right person, so he let the man walk. Cad, st Cad stood, turned off the camera just as Bree huffed.
How soon can you get some of Anthony's sales records? She asked. I can do that with a phone call. Cad paused. And while I'm doing that, I can see what's happening with the search into Coop's financials. That hit a nerve. Bree dodges gaze. Huffed again. I'm guessing the agents have found nothing or they would have called. Yeah, that's my guess too. Another pause. That doesn't mean they won't find something eventually. I know, she nodded. I know. Well, unless they do, McClendon and Anthony are looking better and better for this. Is there a chance we can get Anthony's bond revoked or bring some charges, any charges against McClendon? <laughs> it's possible, and Cab will try. They were some financial irregularities at the clinic that we could use to arrest McClendon, but either of them could still try to get to get to you, even if they're behind bars. He ran his hand down the length of her arm, felt her shudder. She was no doubt relieving the worst of the incidents of the attacks that had led up to this. Let's go to the ranch. Let's go back to the ranch. Mason and the other deputies can handle these interviews, and I'll see about setting up a video call with Grayson. Her eyes lit up. So we can see Leah? <laughs> yeah. Seeing images of their baby would have to do for now. Maybe it wouldn't be long before they had the real thing. Cat led her into the hall, but they made it just a few steps before Jamie stepped into the hall as well. I have to speak to you, she mouthed, and she looked all around as if she expected them to be ambushed. That put Cat on full alert, and he's breathed behind him. He put his hand on the gun in his holster. What do you want? Cat asked, and he didn't use his polite voice. He was sick and tired of all the suspects and just wanted to get Bree out of there. Jamie looked over her shoulder again and reached into her purse. That had Cad tightening the grip on his gun, but Jamie didn't draw a firearm. She pulled out a small folded piece of paper and handed it to Bree. Read it, Jamie instructed. Not here, and don't let anyone else know that I gave it to you. If anyone else is involved, I'll call the whole thing off. Cad had no idea what Jamie was talking about. Apparently, neither did Bree, because she started to unfold the, unfold the note. Not here, Jamie repeated her voice, still barely above a whisper. It's not safe for one of anyone else to know. And with that cryptic warning hanging in the air, Jamie turned and walked back into the interview room. Bree looked at Jamie's note again, even though she already knew what it said. The message was simple. I'll call you to arrange a meeting for tomorrow, but then I'll have but then I'll have the answers you need. <laughs> answers? Bree mumbled. Well Cad Well, Cad and she were certainly short of those, but she wasn't sure that Jamie would be the one to provide them. Neither was Cad. It could be a trap, Cad said, glancing at the note while he drove them back to the ranch. Yes, it could be. Plus, there was another question. Why didn't Jamie just give us these answers while we were at the sheriff's office? Cat lifted his shoulder. Maybe because McClendenin was there, or maybe she doesn't have them yet. Well, McClendenin had threatened her just minutes earlier, so Jamie could be afraid of him. Still, something didn't add up. Bree wanted to suggest that they go back to the office and demand information, but that might cause Jamie to take back her offer. Right now, that offer was pretty much all they had. So what, we just wait for Jamie's call? She asked. He nodded, though he didn't seem very eager to walk into a trap. Of course, doing nothing was just as dangerous. Bree was willing to do whatever it took to speed up the investigation and get Leah back. Cad parked his truck directly in front of the ranch house porch, and even though there were several ranch hands there for their protection, Cad didn't dawdle. 
He held on to Bree and practically raced inside. Once he had the door shut, he armed the security system. Bree stood there a moment to catch her breath and tried to absorb everything that happened. Cad must have needed the same thing because he leaned against the door and drew in a long breath. But the breathtaking moment was over quickly. Our cook is at the estate in San Antonio, but I'll fix you some lunch, he said. However, Cad had barely made it a step when his phone rang. Cad mumbled something and pushed the button to answer the call on speaker. You're having me investigated? Cooper immediately said. You had someone dig into my financials. I did, Cad readily admitted. It's standard procedure. Anthony McClendon made an accusation about you providing security to the clinic, and I had to check it out, just as I've done with all leads. It's a witch hunt, and you know it. Coop's voice was so strained with anger that Bree barely recognized it. She thought of the conversation earlier when Cat admitted that he might be jealous of Coop. Bree was still trying to wrap her mind around that, but she didn't think for one second that jealousy was what had motivated Cat to investigate Coop. This has to be done, Coop, Bree spoke up. We have to rule you out as a suspect. Standard procedure. You would have done the same if you were in my place. Silence. Her heart skipped a beat. The investigation will rule you out, right? And Bree hated that it was a question. More silence followed by more profanity. And only muddy the waters more than than they already are. <laughs> when Coop didn't add more, Bree glanced at Cad, and then she tried to brace herself for whatever they were about to hear from a man. She'd been positive she could trust. I take security jobs on the side, Coop finally said. It helps with the child support and my old college loans. Oh, mercy. Did you work for May Clinton at the Fulbright Clinic? Bree demanded. Not the way you think, Coop snapped. But he paused again. A friend of a friend put me in contact with McClendenon about 18 months ago. McClendenon said he thought he had some employees skimming profits, and he wanted me to set up a secret security system in addition to the basic one they already had. So I did. Each word was like a slap to the face. And Bree reached for the wall to study her suddenly we clicked. Give me details, cat order. McClendenon paid me 10 grand to set up equipment in his son's and Jamie Grier's offices. I monitored the surveillance for a couple of months, and then he said my services were no longer needed. That happened weeks before the two of you were sent in there undercover. That wasn't exactly comforting, but it was something, if it was true. Bree just didn't know anymore. Why didn't you tell me anyone? Why didn't you tell anyone this before now? Bree asked, and she held her breath. Because I knew it would look bad, and I also knew it didn't have anything to do with the case. Like I said, this just muddies the water. The whole thing, the whole time I was monitoring those phone taps and hidden cameras, I didn't see anything illegal going on. Cad groaned softly and shook his head. Are you telling me that during all this, you didn't hear anything about the FBI's investigation of that clinic? Not a word, Coop insisted. It was possible because the investigation had been kept close to the vest, but Coop still should have come forward when he finally had heard about it. And that brought Bree to another question that she didn't want to ask, but she had to. When did you learn about cats in my undercover operation? Another situation. Three days into it, Coop answered. Her legs got even shaker. The day our cover was blown and someone tried to kill us. I had nothing to do with that, Coop snapped. And I want all of this talk and accusations to go away. 
I've told my boss all about it, and it's the end of it, period. Maybe the official end, as far as the FBI was concerned, but it gave Bree some major doubts. Still, she couldn't believe that Coop would have known about her kidnapping and not tried to do something to stop it. Are you satisfied, Rylan? The anger in Coop's voice went up a notch. No, Cat Renly answered. Not even close. If I find out you did, so did something to endanger Bree and our daughter, I didn't. Coop interrupted, and everybody at the Bureau believes me. They know I'm a good agent. He paused. Bree, I need to see you. We need to talk alone. Say the word, and I'll drive out to see you right now. Yes, they did need to talk, but it couldn't happen right now. I'll call you when I can't, she let him know. Bree gave Cat a nod, and he pressed the end call button. They both stood there, silent, while Bree tried to absorb what she just learned. But that wasn't possible. Coop's the reason I have a badge, she managed to say. Cad just nodded and pulled her into his arms. Until he did that, Bree had known just how much she needed to be held. This hurt bad. Just wait until all the evidence is in, and we'll see where this goes, Cad said. And he pressed a kiss on her for it. It might not even lead back to Coop. She's back, looking up. Even if Coop isn't dirty, he still should have said something about having worked for McDenon. Cat could only make a sound of agreement, and Bree felt as if her whole world had fallen apart. The soft, sobbing sound left her mouth before she could stop it, and it caused Cad to pour back into his arms. Shh, he whispered, his breath brushing over her face. It'll be okay. Bree wasn't sure she believed that and looked up to tell him, but everything seemed to stop. Not the pain that was still there. So was the ache of being separated from Leah. But the whirlwind of the thoughts about Coop and the investigation came to a grinding halt. She was instantly aware of Cat, of his arms, of the way he made her feel. Without thinking, she came up on her toes and kissed Cat. He made a sound, too. Low rumble that came from deep within his throat. And he snapped her to him until her body was pressed against his. And he kissed her right back. But he did more than that. Oh, yeah, more. Cad took control of things. His mouth moved over hers, and he parted the seam of her lips with his tongue. The taste of him roared through every inch of her. She'd known the attraction was there, had felt it, but this was more. It was a burning fire that the kiss fanned until it seemed more like a need. His fingers dived into her hair anchoring her head so that he controlled the movement he didn't stop there he turned her and put her back against the wall and he put himself against her the sensations hit her hard not just the heat and the need but the feel of his body on hers didn't help when he took that kiss to her neck Bree fought to get in a different position so that she could feel more of him and she got it finally the alignment brought his sex against her and the intimate contact alone with his lips and tongue on her neck were making her insane she was in with seconds of dragging him to the floor so they could do this the right way or the wrong way she caught his chin and lifted it forcing eye contact are we ready for this she asked it no doubt sounded like a joke, but there was nothing humorous in Cad's eyes. That icy gray had turned fiery hot, and it was clear that he wanted her as much as she wanted him. Ready, he repeated as if it were painful. Just ask the question. He dropped back in. Sex will complicate things, she settled for saying. He thought about that for a second. A few seconds. Yeah. And he put another inch of space between them. 
Bree hated the loss of his touch and the heat, but she was also aware that both could return in a snap. What she felt for Cad wasn't just going to disappear. When we have sex, he said, it probably shouldn't happen on the foyer floor. For some reason, that made her smile. The place is optional, she let him know. But the timing is it. Almost reluctantly, he added. He nodded. Soon then. And he came back at her with a kiss that could melt metal. <laughs> Pulled away, leaving her breathless and making her rethink her decision to delay this. Just as Cat's phone buzzed again, she groaned because she thought it might be Coop, but this time it was Jamie. As he'd done with Coop's call, Cat took the call on speaker. We read your note, Cat greeted. You have answers. Well, I'd like to hear them now. Not yet, Jamie answered, her voice strained with fear or something. Bree wasn't about to take anything this woman said at face value. Meet me tomorrow morning, both of you, Jamie explained. 9 a.m. at the pond. That's in the park on the edge of town. If you bring anyone else with you, the meeting is off. You'll never learn the truth. <laughs> Bree got a very uneasy feeling about this. Apparently so did Cat. What truth? He demanded. Jamie groaned softly. The truth about what really happened to Bree after she was kidnapped. End of chapter 10.